up y'all and welcome back to another episode of the resilient body podcast i'm your host dr arnika the not so typical chiropractor and today we're talking about two important things that you need in order to heal a disc herniation all right so if you're someone who's maybe been told or been diagnosed with a disc bulge or disc herniation or maybe you're even fearful of certain movements because you're afraid it's going to flare up your low back or your sciatica or whatever this is the episode for you we're going to talk about today how a disc herniation or bulge is not the end of the world and how there are two things you need in order to heal one. But we're also going to learn a little bit about what exactly a disc herniation or bulge is, what causes them, the two things you need to heal one, and of course, the movements to help around those two things. So let's get started. First up, let's talk a little bit about exactly what a disc herniation or disc bulge is. Now, there's a difference between the two. A disc bulge, well, first of all, let's back up a little bit. A disc is a shock absorber of the spine. So they sit in between each vertebrae of our spine and they help us when it comes to compression or load. That's what it's supposed to do, all right? But when we have things such as disc bulges or disc herniation, our disc isn't properly sitting as it should underneath that vertebrae. So when we go to put any type of load or compression on it, that can cause that disc to bulge out to certain directions. It can cause that disc's outer layer to bulge out and then also tear that we can create a little bit of a herniation. So now every part of that disc is bulging out into, you know, our spinal canal where we can affect our nerve roots and have things like tingling or numbness on our legs. So there are different stages to it. A disc bulge, as I mentioned a little bit before, is just where the outer layer of our disc, which is made up of cartilage, is also had a lot of water attached to it, so it requires to be fully hydrated as well to help absorb that shock and compression and load. When you have a disc bulge, that outer layer of that disc is bulging out into a direction, possibly a direction where it goes towards where our spinal nerves come out. But a disc bulge is less likely to have any type of numbness um, or tingling or any type of nerve symptoms to it. Doesn't mean it can't. It just has that it's less likely because maybe that bulge isn't bulging out enough in order to hit the actual nerve or pinch on that nerve. Next, let's talk about a disc herniation. So disc herniation is a little bit more involved. And that's definitely where you have a lot more nerve irritation or nerve symptoms happening. So when you have a disc herniation, that outer layer of that disc is now bulging out and it's actually to the point that it's now tore or it it has a tear. So now the contents of the inside of that disc are now starting to seep up or that inner layer of the disc is now starting to seep out and bulge out, herniate out towards where our spinal nerves sit. You may have also heard disc herniations referred to as ruptured disc or like a slipped disc. This is something that is what, this is something that happens and this is exactly what happens. So now we are herniating and we are pushing all of this content of that disc into our spinal canal. That's where our spinal cord sits. That's where all of our nerves come down and that can cause any type of compression or pinching on the nerves. And that's what leads to the numbness, the tingling, or maybe in the even the weakness that you feel in one leg or both. That could be due to a disc herniation. Now, 
There are so many people walking around with disc bulges or disc herniations who are not experiencing pain. Just because you have something like this may not mean that you have pain. Most of the time, some people don't even recognize or are even aware that they have a disc bulge or herniation until they, for some reason, get an MRI. And from there on, it sometimes becomes scary for them because they're not sure how to manage it and what to do with it. So now that you know exactly what the difference is and what a disc bulge and disc herniation is, let's talk about some things that can cause it. Now, what we want to talk about a little bit more is more repetitive overuse injuries, okay? Now, there are acute injuries that can happen. I'm working with a patient right now who she most likely was already having some type of disc issue, whether that was a bulge um, or herniation. And because of an acute injury and how she hit the floor, she now has kind of exacerbated to a disc herniation. And that's caused more tingling, a lot of fearful and movement, just a lot of pain down when it comes to her legs. But that's what we're working on and working on decreasing that tingling numbers and more making it more centralized and localized in her low back. Now, that was an example of an acute injury, which doesn't really happen often, all right? Mostly what happens are the repetitive overuse injuries. That's because our spine is spending a lot of time in a flexed or rounded position. And when we consider that flexed or rounded position of our spine, and when we add some type of load or compression on it, the fact that we've like been sitting all day, maybe we're working out, maybe we're loading up, maybe we're walking. If our spine is in this flexed position, that causes more compression on that disc. If we're flexed, that means our spine is not stacked upon each disc. You know, we talked about it goes that vertebrae of the spine, then a disc, then a vertebrae, then a disc. If we're not stacked completely up, if we're more in this flexed position, we are causing some pressure on that disc. And now that disc doesn't have a choice but to bulge out or push out into a specific direction. Most of the time, it's going back towards our spinal canal, which is where our nerves sit. So the more, if you're experiencing some type of numbing, tingling, tingling, nerve symptoms, especially when it comes to sitting for long periods of time, this is something that you could be experiencing in your body. It's just this overused, repetitive load of you sitting in a flex position for a prolonged time. And that is causing some disc bulging and possibly some pain going down your leg. Now, I want to also talk about the fact that even though you may stand up a lot, even though you walk around a lot, even though that you you spend a lot of time working out, it all depends on where your, I want to say your disc, where your spine is throughout different movements, all right? And if you are progressively loading it over time to make sure that your body can sustain whatever workout, whatever movement, whatever activity you want to do. Most of the time, these disc bulges and herniations get worse because we don't have two things. And these next two things, what we're going to talk about, are what lead us to depend on our disc for more stuff. And because we're not as stable in that area... It causes us to have more joint pain. So the two things that I want to refer to that you need in order to heal your disc herniation or disc bulge. One, you need proper core bracing. All right. We have to be able to put our spine in a stacked position where our vertebrae and our disc are sitting aligned under each other. So when we are ready to add some type of compression or some load, whether that's sitting, whether that's working out, whether that's running, our body can sustain and our disc can shock absorb whatever load we want it to, okay? But 
If we don't have that proper bracing, that means our spine is not stacked properly as it should. We could have more of an anterior tilt, which means that we have more of an extension happening in our back. And maybe that's now causing more pressure on our disc. And now our disc is bulging out in different directions. Or maybe we're not sure how to straighten our spine. So now we're doing a lot of things in that flex position. And as we mentioned earlier, flex position of our spine for long periods of time pushes that disc into a herniation or a bulge. So learning how to properly brace your core is not only going to help with pressure management and make sure you get that 360 degree breath, but it's super important to make sure that our spine stays stacked, meaning that our ribs and our pelvis stay stacked over each other so we can get the straightest spine that we can when it comes to us wanting to lift or even take on any type of load or compression. Second thing, you need lumbar stability. So when I say that our low back, our low back being stacked, meaning that I want it to stay as straight as we can when we're doing certain positions, which means that we need to keep that as stable as we can and move around our hips. Think about that hip hinge pattern or the deadlift pattern. It's not about flexing or extending your spine. It's about keeping your lumbar spine or your spine as straight as you can and then hinging at your hips, maintaining that straight spine and then lifting what you need to lift. That is how we need to do a lot of things in our life. My wife laughs at me. I guess now we've been together for seven years, so she's so used to it. But when I go to bend things over up, I'm hip hinging. When I'm in a grocery store, I'm hip hinging because I'm thinking about how straight and stable I need my spine to be in order to lift whatever I'm lifting. So lumbar stability by moving around your hips in that kind of a hinge moment and proper bracing are the two things you need in order to heal. And that's really what's going to help you when it comes to limiting the unwanted motion in your spine when it comes to you doing certain things. Maybe it is lifting something up. Maybe it's bending over. Those are things or certain movements that you are fearful of because you're not sure what you need to create inside of your body in order to do that movement safely. All right. So like I mentioned, Proper core stability, core bracing, and lumbar stability are the two things you need. These next movements that I'm going to tell you about, which I'm also going to tag in the episode notes, are movements that are going to be surrounding those two things, okay? So for one, we definitely got to have some diaphragmatic breathing. You got to learn how to create a 360-degree breath in order for you to learn how to brace properly from there. Next, we are going to work on kind of getting that disc bulge away and getting that disc properly underneath that vertebral bone as it should be. So we're going to do certain movements. If we mention that flex position is what causes a lot of issues, then we're going to do the opposite and go into more extension. So starting off on prone press up on your elbows is a great place to start. If that's already too much, then in that video shows a regression of where you can start just hands down and face down at the table or your bed. And then progressing that up into press, uh, prone press-up straight arm. These are videos I'm going, to, I'm going to tag into the episode notes so you can see that order. After that, we talked a little bit about core bracing and lumbar stability. One of my favorite movements to do that is a side plank. This one specifically is a side plank from your knees. It incorporates core bracing. It incorporates stability. And literally firing some of the muscles of our core that we are not typically firing correctly, which are our obliques. So make sure that you look at those videos in order to check which one work for you. Now, everyone is different and without an assessment, we can't really know if you're having a disbold, a disherniation, where you need to start. So these are five movements that I would give to anyone and I want you to try which ones, see what make a change in your body and then add that to your movement routine, all right? Once or twice a day for like two weeks and see what changes. Now, 
Um, it is March and we are coming up, what, we got a couple weeks left in March and it is officially Friends and Family Month. If you are someone who was struggling with a disc bulge or herniation, maybe you've been diagnosed or told that you have this and it freaks you the fuck out. Maybe you're fearful of certain movements like bending over to pick up your kid. Then this is the time for you to get checked out, really get an assessment and see what's going on in your body. And from there, we can create a comprehensive plan in order to get you back to doing the things you want to do without any fear and being more control of your body. All right. This is a one month of the year where I give a discounted rate to new patient evaluations. If you are someone who was ready to take that next step and ready to really figure out what's going on in your body and create a plan to solve this problem for good, then this month is perfect for you. Click the link in the episode notes, or if you follow us on Instagram at Resilient Spine, click the link in the bio Click new patient evaluation and schedule your next session. All right. We only have nine available slots left for the month of March. Don't wait. Let's take action. All right. As always, I hope that you found today's episode super valuable. All right. My goal is to always help you move better, feel better, and be resilient. I'll let y'all on the next episode.